your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 502 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, I want to get to part two of something that we started actually in episode number 500, where we basically compare and contrast the current New York Ranger team to the 2013-2014 Rangers squad that went to the Stanley Cup Finals, the Eastern Conference champions. Of course, they lost to the Kings that year, but I think it's very interesting to kind of see where this team is right now and see how they stack up against a team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, which was obviously a very fun run that season and very impressive and uh, came a little bit out of nowhere. I mean, I think as Ranger fans, we all felt like they had a chance that year, but I think if you look around the league and you talk to some analysts and you even talk to some fans. I don't know how many people were picking the Rangers to make it that far that season, but they surprised people. They got hot at the right time. Uh, they had that awesome three to one comeback against the Penguins. And I don't know. I just think it would be a fun time to, you know, continue our two parter here. In the first part, we took a look at the Ranger goalies from 2014 versus the current Ranger goalies. And we did the same thing for the defensemen. So today we'll look at all four line combinations on both the 2014 Eastern Conference champion and this current New York Rangers squad. And then at the end, we'll tally everything up and we'll see uh, which team is looking better uh, as it currently stands. Uh, We will get to that, but for starters... I want to talk about some other news that's currently circulating around the current New York Rangers, and that's, of course, the never-ending COVID list updates. I mean, basically, around the entire NHL right now, you know, players are going on the COVID list, coming off the COVID list so fast that it can make your head spin, and the Rangers are really no different. The Rangers haven't been hit as hard as a lot of other teams have, uh, but we do have some news on that front. Uh, Patrick Nemeth, he was the first New York Ranger, uh, at least recently, to be added to the COVID protocol list. He has since been removed, and we can only assume that that means that he is good to go for Wednesday's road game against the Florida Panthers, so that'll be nice to have Nemeth back in the lineup. Unfortunately, Kevin Rooney and Jared Tenorti, since the last time we talked, have each been added to the COVID list. So you got to figure they're out for the Wednesday night clash against the Panthers. So the current Ranger list, as far as people that are on the COVID list, includes Kevin Rooney, Jared Tenorti, Ryan Lindgren, and Alex Georgiev. Now, with Tenorti and Alex Georgiev, I mean, first of all, all the best of these players, and, you know, hopefully none of them actually have COVID, and if they do have COVID, a uh, safe and speedy recovery to all these players, and obviously the same thing to anybody out there who's dealing with it right now, whether you're an NHL hockey player or not. Uh, but you start with Alex Georgiev and Jared Tenorti, that's pretty low impact for the Rangers, at least for this Wednesday night game, because you got to figure, you know, Igor Shesterkin is coming back. He was always going to start this game, regardless of what was going on at the backup goalie position. The Rangers were always going to roll with Igor for this game against the Panthers 
here tonight. It'll be his first game in quite some time, and it'll be very nice to see him get back into the lineup. Although we should commend Alex Georgiev once again for the job that he did in Igor's absence. was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Keith Kincaid, the one game that he started, was very good as well. And it's now looking like Keith Kincaid will back up Igor Shesterkin in this game on Wednesday. But we won't see Kincaid unless uh, something happens to Igor. And obviously, knock on wood, that nothing does happen to Igor. And as for Jared Tenorti, you know, we've seen him play a handful of games with the Rangers this season. But I don't think he was ticketed uh, for this game even with Patrick Nemeth and, you know, potentially being out of the lineup. And now, of course, we know that Ryan Lindgren will be out of the lineup. Uh, I don't think that we would have seen Jared Tenorti in this game either. As far as Ryan Lindgren, he comes out of the lineup. That might mean that the Rangers have to shuffle their defense pairings. Uh, We'll see how they look to line up. But with no Lindgren, I would imagine the Rangers would just plug Leor Hayek into that spot in the lineup. I mean, we'll see how they look to do it. I know that Hayek actually played a little bit with Adam Fox this past season. It was kind of a short-lived thing near the end of the season, uh, but they briefly broke up Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren uh, to kind of just, you know, spread the wealth, so to speak, as far as, you know, how they lined up on any given night. But yeah, you had Libor Hayek, at least for a short time, playing on the top pairing with Adam Fox. So maybe that's an option. You know, maybe with Lindgren out, you just stick Libor Hayek right into that spot. And then the other defense pairings can stay as is. You know, you have Truba playing with Miller and you have Lundqvist playing with Nemeth. I think that, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm kind of talking myself into into that very scenario. I think that could be what the Rangers do uh, very well when they line up on Wednesday. And then as far as Kevin Rooney being out of the lineup, you got some options. I mean, you could just put Greg McKeg back out there or you could maybe go with Morgan Barron. Morgan Barron is one of six players that the Rangers have added to the taxi list. I, I get the feeling that, you know, I'm actually going to say Barron. I think the Rangers are going to give Barron a chance. It's nothing against Greg McKeg, but, you know, Morgan Barron is the guy that uh, would seem to have a bigger future on this Ranger team, and I think it's a good opportunity to get a look at him. He played a couple of games earlier this season, played a couple of games last season as well, but, you know, it'd be a good opportunity to get Morgan Barron back into the lineup, play him out of the fourth line there, and just kind of see what he can do. Uh, but I mentioned the taxi squad just a second ago, and that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about next. And that is the Ranger Taxi Squad. Every team in the NHL has the option of having up to six players on the Taxi Squad, which will travel with the team and presumably make it easier for teams around the league to deal with, you know, these players, so many players going onto the COVID protocol list. What you have here with the Taxi Squad, uh, whether it's the Rangers or any team in the NHL, you have six players that can be plugged into the lineup at a moment's notice. And for the Rangers, they have gone with the aforementioned Morgan Barron, They've also got Johnny Brodzinski, who's having a great season with the Wolfpack. They've also got Tim Gettinger. We've seen Gettinger play a handful of games with the Rangers. They've got Adam Huska as the goalie. Uh, He made his NHL debut earlier this season. They've got Zach Jones, who I know a lot of us are all very excited about. And it's possible, you know, I keep saying that it might be Libor Hayek that's in there instead of, you know, Ryan Lindgren, because Ryan Lindgren's presumably going to miss this game due to being on the COVID list. Uh, I would think it would probably be Libor Hayek, but it could be Zach Jones. You know, maybe you throw Zach Jones back out there. Like I said, I did like what I saw from Jones in a limited sample size last season. And I think a lot of us Ranger fans are hoping to eventually see him again, another opportunity at some point that this season. And that could happen as soon as this Wednesday night's class against the Panthers. Uh, so that's the first five. And then you've also got another defenseman, Matthew Robertson. I was thinking it might be Braden Schneider, you know, first round pick last season. And, you know, by all accounts, doing a pretty nice job in the minors with the Hartford Wolfpack. But the Rangers will instead go with Matthew Robertson. So, I mean, that's pretty much where things stand now. We'll talk about some of these guys on the taxi squad in greater detail, you know, in a future episode. I think for the most part, people are pretty familiar with them. Uh, But it will be very interesting to see how the Rangers line up on Wednesday. Of course, it's unfortunate that, you know, so many players, not just on the Rangers, but around the league are going onto this COVID protocol list. And, you know, the whole thing is just a mess right now. But, uh, you know, you just hope 
that the Rangers, COVID doesn't continue to be too much of an issue, and they can line up as they normally would on other nights. And, you know, you hope that around the NHL as well, that uh, sooner or later, this whole thing can get under control, and we're not looking at a situation where we have a, a ton more games postponed or, you know, knock on wood, the cancellation of the NHL season or anything like that. Uh, hopefully things just kind of get back to normal in due time here. I did want to kind of turn our attention to, once again, part two of us comparing the 2014 New York Ranger team that won the Eastern Conference to this current team, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Bilt is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check Bilt.com often to see what's new. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so changing gears a little bit here, I wanted to uh, get into what we talked about in the intro and do part two of our comparison between these current Rangers and the 2014 Eastern Conference champion Rangers. And again, if you miss part one, I would say go back and check out our special 500th episode. In that episode, we compare and contrast the goalies from both teams as well as the defensemen from both teams. And uh, today, like I said, we're going to do all four forward trios here. And we're going to start with the top line of each team. And from 20. 14, I mean, it's hard to remember always, you know, who was playing with who at, you know, various different points in the playoffs, but I did go back, I watched some clips from YouTube, and I put it together as best as I could, both from memory and from, like I said, watching some of those clips on YouTube to kind of just try to figure out and remember who was playing with who. Uh, obviously, you know, every team will juggle the lines every now and then, and, you know, the 2014 Rangers were no different, but this is what I came up with as far as uh, the line combinations for 2014, and of course, we'll use for 2021 the current New York Ranger line combinations, and so you've got a top line in 2021 of Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Capo Caco, and from 2014, you had a top line, or at least what I think was the top line, and this goes back to what I've talked about before with that 2014 team. It almost feels like you had an entire team of second liners. You know, there was a little bit more depth uh, on the 2014 team, whereas I think this 2021 team has a little bit more star power. But anyway, what I believe was the top line in 2014, and if it wasn't the top line, these three guys at least, you know, spent a lot of time together on the ice, and that would be Derek Stepan centering Rick Nash and Chris Kreider. So Kreider is up against himself in this matchup. Of course, Kreider is the only player remaining from the 2014 Eastern Conference champion New York Rangers that is still on the New York Rangers. Uh, I would still, nevertheless, take Chris Kreider as he currently is than Chris Kreider as he was back in 2014. As we've seen, Kreider has seemingly found that 
consistency that has eluded him at various points in his career. You know how it is with Kreider. He's hot and he's cold, and you just hope that he's hot at the right time, namely the playoffs. Uh, but this year's version of Chris Kreider, I mean, he's having a career season by any measure, and uh, the guy just goes out and delivers night in and night out. So I think if you just go Kreider versus Kreider here, uh, I'll take the Kreider version of 2021 over the one from 2014. And then if you look at center, Mika Zibanejad and Derek Stepan. Look, I was a huge Derek Stepan fan when he was here, and I will never, ever forget uh, that overtime game winning goal that he scored against the Washington Capitals in 2015, uh, kind of his trademark signature New York Ranger moment, but just a rock-solid player and somebody that played the best hockey of his career when he was a member of the New York Rangers. And all that said... I still got to give a pretty significant edge at center to Mika Zibanejad. Ever since the Rangers have traded for Mika, he's just gotten better and better and better. Uh, a bonafide superstar player in this league. He was really just starting to heat up before, you know, what turned out to be a pretty sizable break here for the Rangers. It's going to be 12 games, excuse me, 12 days between games, assuming that the Rangers and Panthers actually play this game here tonight. I think you got to go Mika, especially when you factor in his defensive prowess and his ability to kill penalties. I mean, I don't think Stepan was like a major liability defensively or anything like that, but I got to give Mika the edge in pretty much every possible way. And this is coming from somebody who, like I said, was a big, big Derek Stepan fan. And then, of course, you've got Capo Caco and Rick Nash. And Nash, I, I would take Nash. I mean, that's kind of the long and short of it. And Capo Caco certainly has a lot of untapped upside. I think he's played better this season than he has in either of his two previous seasons in the NHL. He just looks more comfortable. Looks like he's somebody who could be on the verge of a breakout. Was starting to cool off a little bit before this lengthy break for the New York Rangers, but he went through a really hot stretch there. So uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to the 2021 New York Rangers. And I, I thought about giving them a big edge, but I mean, that was a heck of a, a top line for the Rangers back then in 2014. You had Rick Nash, Derek Stepan, Chris Kreider, all three of those guys were dangerous on any given night, and all three of them could hurt the opposition on every on any given night, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, slight edge to the 2021 New York Rangers for all the reasons that I just mentioned. And then we'll move along to the second line for both teams. And of course, this current Ranger team, you've got Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Dryden Hunt. And back in 2014, you had Brad Richards centering Carl Haglin and former guest on Locked On New York Rangers, Marty St. Louis. And this one is closer than I initially thought that it would be because I just thought Artemi Panarin, I mean, he was just going to give a huge, huge edge to the second line of 2021, which he kind of does. But I, I think, you know, when you also factor in the fact that Dryden Hunt is on this second line for the New York Rangers as it's currently constructed, that kind of weighs them down a little bit. And it's nothing against Dryden Hunt. You guys know I'm a big Dryden Hunt fan. He's carved out a much bigger role for this New York Ranger team than I thought, I think a lot of us probably believe that he would when the Rangers initially signed him. It was like, Dryden Hunt, who is this? I mean, I think a lot of us had barely heard of him, and he's overachieved this season. But that kind of balances things out a little bit. And again, it goes back to that thing that I was talking about before, where the 2014 Rangers had more depth, and it felt like an entire team of second liners, whereas you know this team, you've got stars and also uh, maybe a little bit of a lack of depth. Uh, but again, you know, you look at this, you go position by position here. I mean, Artemi Panarin at the left wing over Carl Hagelin at the left wing. That's obviously a huge edge to the 2021 New York Rangers. Uh, Ryan Strom against Brad Richards. I would take this version of Ryan Strom that we're getting right now over the version of Brad Richards that we were getting back in 2014. He was still a good player, and you go into a playoff series, you still feel like he's dangerous. You still feel like he can make an impact. And in fact, 
You know, I always wax poetic about how the Rangers came back from three games to one down against the Pittsburgh Penguins in that 2014 run. Brad Richards scored the game-winning goal in that game, so he obviously could still uh, come up clutch on any given night, and you like the fact that he's a former Stanley Cup champion. You like the fact that he's battle-tested and everything like that, but, you know, Ryan Strom, and you could throw Artemi Panarin into this as well, the two of them right now, I think both in their primes, whereas Brad Richards and Martin St. Louis, again, both fantastic players, both guys that you feel good about in a playoff series, both being battle-tested, both being former Cup champions, but both at that time, I think, you know, fair to say they were sort of on the back nine of their career. They were not prime Brad Richards, and they were not prime Marty St. Louis. Still great players, still absolutely thrilled that they were here and that the Rangers had them and that, you know, they had some experienced guys to kind of lead the way for some of the younger players, but, you know, I got to go Panarin and Strom given the very simple fact that they're in the primes of their careers. And again, if we're going position by position here, and we're going left wing against left wing and center against center and right wing against right wing, then the Rangers have a huge edge at left wing because it's Panarin against Haglin. Haglin, great player, big time speed, uh, really kind of benefited, I think, from playing with Brad Richards and Martin St. Louis. That was a really fun line, but it's Artemi Panarin. He's worlds ahead of Carl Haglin. Uh, Ryan Strom, like I said, I would take him over Brad Richards based on where Ryan Strom is right now and where Brad Richards was back then. And I mean, right wing, obviously, it's a massive, edge to the 2014 team because Martin St. Louis against Dryden Hunt, that's a no contest. Um, but with all that said, I think I still have to give a big edge to 2021. And there's a little bit of a caveat to this, and it's cheating a little bit. I don't think come playoff time, assuming that the Rangers make the playoffs, that they're going to go into the postseason with Dryden Hunt as the second line right winger. I get the feeling they could make a trade for somebody by then, and the line combinations could look a little bit different. Again, it, it's cheating a little. I will acknowledge that. But I just feel like, you know, the Rangers, based on where they are in the standings, they're going to do something to try to upgrade the right wing position in general. And I get the feeling that whoever they acquire will step into a top six role and Dryan Hunt will probably move down to a bottom six role and still be valuable down there. Uh, but again, I, I just can't see a playoff bound team going with Dryden Hunt on the Panarin line. And again, I'm not trying to be me here. Maybe they will. I mean, because Panarin and Strom both do seem to like playing with Dryden Hunt, but I get the feeling that they could look to upgrade there. So I'm going to give a big edge to 2021 in this department. And of course, you know, having Artemi Panarin in and of itself, I mean, guy's just an absolute superstar, one of the best in the world. So it's got to be a big edge to 2021. And we will continue to discuss the bottom six forwards in just a second here. All right, turning our attention to the bottom six forwards for both the current Ranger team and the 2014 New York Ranger team. And this is where the Rangers' depth of 2014 is really, really on display and where the current Rangers team, their upside is currently on display. Because you look at the Ranger third line right now, it's Philip Hedl centering Alexi Lafreniere and Julian Gauthier. There have been flashes from all three of these guys. They tease you at certain times. Uh, there's portions of, you know, not just this season, but even last season where it looks like any of these guys could maybe break out and really kind of step into a more prominent role for this New York Ranger team. Even playing as a unit together this season, they've had their flashes. It seems like uh, the big issue for them is the inability to finish their scoring opportunities. They can create scoring chances. They just can't quite seem to, to finish them. And that obviously is something that we hope will come with time and maturity and all that good stuff. Uh, this is a very ridiculously young line, in fact, but uh, they are up against the 2014 Ranger third line of Derek Broussard centering Benoit Pouliot and Matt Zuccarello. And again, this is where the depth of 2014 is really, really on display. This is your third line. And 
It's made up of two players in Matt Zuccarello and Derek Brassard, who were first and fourth in points in the regular season for the Rangers that year. And if I remember correctly, this was the third line. Again, you know, it's a little bit interchangeable, the top three lines from the 2014 New York Rangers. Uh, but I do think that this was technically the third line. Derek Broussard, once again, starring Benoit Pouliot and uh, Matt Zuccarello. Now, if you go, again, position by position here, we'll start with left wing. You've got Lafreniere against Benoit Pouliot. And it's also tricky because, you know, this Ranger third line, are, are we talking about the third line as they currently are, or are we talking about where this third line could be as the Rangers are gearing up for hopefully a playoff run? Uh, we'll kind of do a little bit of a hybrid of that. We'll kind of try to project where this line could be. I think there will be a little bit better then than they are right now, and that's especially true if these three guys stay together, continue to kind of build that chemistry, and maybe find the finishing touch that they've thus far been lacking. But I still got to go with Alexi Lafreniere over Benoit Pouliot. Pouliot was only on the Rangers for this one season. He was a decent middle six winger, uh, kind of had this reputation for maybe taking some unnecessary penalties. And Alexi Lafreniere, the highly touted first overall pick from not this season, but the one before. I got to go with Lafreniere over Puglia. Uh, Philip Hedl against Derek Broussard. Any longtime listener of this, you guys know where I'm going to go on this. I'm going with Derek Broussard, my guy, one of my all-time favorite New York Rangers, and somebody who really did a heck of a job for this New York Ranger team. Big part of why they went as far as they went in the playoffs. Somebody who always stepped up when the postseason came around, and uh, just a hardworking player who really seemed to have the clutch gene. And then we look to the right wing. I mean, you got to go Matt Zuccarello over Julian Gauthier. Zuccarello led the Rangers in points this season. Uh, he, too, was very clutch in the playoffs. You love the fact that, you know, he wasn't always the biggest guy on the ice. In fact, he was never the biggest guy on the ice. He was usually the smallest guy on the ice, uh, but always stood up for himself, a scrappy player. And again, somebody that you could just felt like you could rely on uh, if you were a fan of this New York Ranger team. So with all that said, i got to give a pretty big edge uh, to the 2014 New York Rangers. Again, it's just a situation where you've got upside on this current Rangers third line, and you've got uh, guys who were almost kind of floor players. You knew what you were going to get out of Derek Broussard, Matt Zuccarello, and Benoit Pouliot. Were they elite superstar players? I would say probably not, but they were all darn good, especially Broussard and Zuccarello, and uh, you had a feeling that they were going to get the job done in crunch time. Whereas the book is still out for that with the 2021 team. And again, if we did this exercise a little bit later this season, if it's getting into March, April, May, the playoffs are about to start, maybe by then Lafreniere, Hedl, Gautier, they've all really taken off together, and I would feel a lot differently about this. But for the time being, got to give a big edge to the 2014 New York Ranger trio of Pouliot, Broussard, and Zuccarello. And that leaves us with just the fourth line, and then we'll kind of come to a verdict, and we'll tally up everything uh, from both episode number 500 as well as this episode. But you've got the current Ranger fourth line of Barclay Goodrow centering Kevin Rooney and Ryan Reeves, and you've got the 2014 New York Ranger fourth line of Brian Boyle centering Dominic Moore and Derek Dorsett. And this one's tough, and it's almost eerie how similar these two lines are to one another, right down to you know position by position here. This is probably as close to a tie as any other comparison that I've done throughout this entire exercise here, simply because they are so similar, you know, the, these two respective trios from these two different seasons here. But I feel like calling it a tie is a little bit of a cop-out. you got to give it a slight edge to one line or the other. And I don't know. I mean, let's go ahead and look at this position by position. I still haven't decided here, as you might be able to tell. Uh, so you got Kevin Rooney at left wing against Dominic Moore at left wing. 
I would give a slight edge to Kevin Rooney, but again, they are fairly similar players. I think Rooney's a little bit more physical of the two guys. Uh, Dominic Moore, though, just kind of had a knack, even though he was a fourth liner and not a guy who piled up gaudy offensive numbers every single season, but just had a knack for scoring big goals in big spots, not the least of which was the only goal of Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2014 against the Montreal Canadiens. They won that game one to nothing and punched their ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Kevin Rooney, again, he's a little bit more offensively talented than he probably gets credit for. Rooney and Moore both kill penalties. You know, they're very similar players, and you could go either way there. Uh, You look at center, you've got Barclay Goodrow against Brian Boyle, and again, just ridiculously similar players here. Both big, tough physical presences. uh, Guys who, again, not going to light up the score sheet every single night, but guys who could come through offensively in some big spots every now and then. Both guys can kill penalties. Very, very similar there as well. And then you've got Ryan Reeves and Derek Dorsett, uh, the two enforcers of their respective Rangers squads. So this is so close. I am going to give the slightest of edges to the 2021 fourth line of Kevin Rooney, Barclay Goodrow, and Ryan Reeves over Dominic Moore, Brian Boyle, and Derek Dorsett. I just feel like, you know, as far as enforcers go, Dorsett was tough as nails, don't get me wrong, but Ryan Reeves is universally feared around this league. I think there's a little bit more of a Reeves effect than there was a Derek Dorsett effect, and I I say that uh, as respectfully as I can to Derek Dorsett. Again, a hardworking player and a guy that would drop the gloves if you needed him to drop the gloves, but I think maybe just the slightest of edges to, to Reeves there. And Goudreau over Boyle. I'll take Goudreau over Boyle simply because Goudreau is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, so I, I just kind of like having that uh, in the mix. You know, there aren't too many Rangers, current Rangers, that have won the Stanley Cup in the past, so we'll go with Goudreau there. And Rooney and Moore, I mean, again, that, that's as close to being a push as it is, but I think I've said enough to give the slight edge to the 2021 uh, New York Ranger fourth line over the 2014 New York Ranger fourth line. And as far as the final tally is concerned, again, just to kind of remind everybody how I scored this whole thing, if I gave a big edge to one team or the other, that was worth two points. If I gave a slight edge to one team or the other, that was worth one point. And when you factor in goalies and defensemen, who we discussed in episode number 500, and you also factor in the forwards, the four different line combinations that we discuss here in today's episode, the 2014 New York Rangers squad defeated the 2021 New York Rangers squad by just one point, though. It was really close. It was really tight. I had a feeling it would be close because, again, the Rangers that went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014, it's not like they had superstars up and down the lineup, but they came together at the right time. They played their best hockey when they had to play their best hockey. They had the ultimate X factor and Henrik Lundqvist just absolutely standing on his head every single night. And so 2014 wins by one point. But that also goes to show that, you know, a run to the Stanley Cup Finals for this current New York Ranger team, not completely out of the question. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. I did say coming into the season that I fully expected them to be a playoff team, not maybe necessarily a Stanley Cup contender just quite yet. But the other thing, the other point that I've always made on this on this podcast is that if you get into the dance, you've got a shot at it. It's more true in the NHL than it is in any other professional sport. Anybody that gets into the tournament, you've got a chance uh, to get hot at the right time. Maybe you get a hot goalie as well. That always can go a long way and you can make a run at it. And we'll see if this New York Ranger team is capable of doing this. But I thought it would be a fun exercise. Also kind of just a way to get people hyped for more New York Ranger hockey, because it's been a while since we've actually seen this team play a game. And obviously, I think a lot of us are looking forward to this uh, matchup against the Florida Panthers here, another very talented Eastern Conference team. To kind of just wrap up for today, uh, Team USA had to forfeit its 
preliminary game against Team Switzerland due to a mandated team quarantine following a positive test result for two of its players. So that's obviously very unfortunate. And hopefully that isn't a sign of what's to come at the World Juniors. It'd be really, really bad if you got to the knockout round and teams are having to forfeit those. I mean, imagine you get to the gold medal game and one of the teams has to forfeit and then another team wins the gold medal via forfeit. That wouldn't be good for anybody. I realize you know, these are imperfect times that we're living in, but that would certainly be unfortunate. And uh, the only other thing I want to mention is that if anybody has any trade ideas as far as, you know, players that you'd like to see the Rangers target in the upcoming days, weeks, and even months here, definitely send them my way. And uh, we can maybe share some of those ideas in a future episode of Locked on New York Rangers. I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.